Apple Core Media, Misidentification, and Best Practices. That's what we're talking about today on Sounds Profitable with me, Brian Barletta. I know that you're listening to Sounds Profitable because podcast ad tech is important to you, but it's important to me that you are kept up to date on the latest news from the entire podcast industry. To help with that, here's what happened last week, no matter when you're listening, from James Critlin at Pod News. Podcast advertisers are constantly trying to squeeze more information out of ad tech. But what about the information we already have at our fingertips? And what if huge chunks of that information are being misidentified and misrepresented? I wrote about this in an article a few months ago called, You're Incorrectly Identifying Up to 50% of Your User Agents. There's a link to it in the episode details. James Cridlin, the host and editor of Pod News, helped me work on that article. So I've invited him to talk with me today. Listen in as we discuss how that article may be sadly evergreen until podcasters and advertisers start taking identification seriously. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sounds Profitable Podcast. Uh, We have James Cridlin joining me here. James is a pod news and is honestly probably the only reason you know about Sounds Profitable. Uh, So, James, thank you so much for being here with us. It's a great pleasure. And it's a great pleasure to be talking twice on your podcast because I think I think everybody has just heard my dulcet tones already. That's true. That's true. We have the awesome syndication that comes right before all of this. And maybe we can time it so you do a pass back <laughs> between each other uh, <laughs> if we do that right for next week. But this week, we're going to talk about uh, an article I wrote back in September with your help entitled, You're Incorrectly Identifying Up to 50% of Your User Agents. And the focus here was that you had discovered that people weren't paying attention to another type of user agent, not just the requests when someone presses play on their podcast app and it sends and asks for the episode, but rather the request of the RSS feed itself that can tell us a lot about the device. So I'm going to pass it over to you. Tell us a little bit about the RSS user agent and how you stumbled onto its value. Yeah, so to rewind a little bit, whenever um, something connects to something else on the internet, it sends over a header, which is a user agent, which basically says, you know, I'm a computer or I'm a mobile phone, but tells you a little bit more about that. So that's a really helpful thing in terms of podcasts to target because you know that a particular listener is listening on an Android phone or on an iPhone or whatever it might be. And those are sent through on the download to audio. And so that's typically what podcast hosts use to show you how people are listening. And it's typically what people use as well to target. But there is another connection, of course, and the connection is to your RSS feed, which is uh, that big list of your individual episodes that you have. And that also has a user agent attached to it. So one of the problems that I saw when I was um, starting to do my own podcast stats was that uh, I was seeing an awful lot of connections from a user agent called Apple Core Media. And Apple Core Media is an interesting thing in that it is a library that Apple have written that lots of um, podcast apps use to play your podcasts. It's not just used by Apple Podcasts, it's used by loads of other people as well. 
Yet when I was looking at the data, all I could see is Apple Core Media. And I couldn't work out whether that was Apple Podcasts, whether that was Pocket Casts, whether that was Overcast, whatever it might be. Uh, so I was really curious to see, well, is there any other way that I can find out exactly what podcast host is actually having a look at this? And RSS user agents are the way around that. Yeah. And so you got the RSS user agent or when, when the request came, you started appending a unique value to all the episode downloads based on that RSS user agent, right? Yeah, that's exactly how it works. So when you ask for the Pod News RSS feed, it takes a look at uh, what the user agent is of that particular RSS connection uh, and then adds it to the audio request. So it might say from Feeder or from Spotify or from Castro or from various other things. So you then know as a podcast hosting company, you then know that that piece of audio the reason why that piece of audio is being requested is that the RSS feed was discovered by that particular app, by Castro or Apple Podcasts or whatever it might be. And so you know, whatever the audio user agent is, you know that this is Castro talking to you or Podcast Addict or whatever it might be. So you end up with far less unknowns in terms of your podcast play information. And that's a tremendously useful thing. So I'm, I'm taking a look at yesterday's data. And yesterday's data is showing me that 296 individual plays that I had yesterday were done through Apple Core Media. And if I hadn't looked at the RSS data as well, I'd be there going, I literally don't know anything about that. Apart from the fact that it's clearly being played on an Apple device of some sort, I literally don't know which app is actually playing that. So now that I'm able to also connect the RSS user agents, it means that I know all of those. And they're not all Apple Podcasts. There's a wide variety of people that use Apple Core Media. And Apple Core Media is just one of the ones that stands out, right? Another one would be the like a web browser user agent too, right? Because if I'm viewing this on Chrome, if I'm playing on whatever podcast player there is in a Chrome browser, the user agent is going to report as Chrome more often than not, right? Yeah. And in fact, at the moment, the user agent will always report as Chrome because there isn't a way of uh, changing that. There's an open bug for that, I'll have you know. But uh, the, what that essentially means is that, yeah, if you are playing a podcast through a web player, then unless your web player is doing something clever and appending some form of unique ID, the only thing that the podcast host knows is it's a web player playing this. It's a version of Chrome. It's on an Apple Mac, but that's as far as you know. So again, the RSS feed can really help with that. So you can see by using the RSS user agent, you can see all kinds of services, all kinds of web-based services, which are now playing your podcast, which is something that you could never know if you were just looking at the audio user agent. So there's a great podcast player out there, which is based entirely on the web called Podfriend. It is currently my sixth most popular podcast player. And I can see that that is doing, you know, really well. I can also see, for example, that um, the Google News service. So when you ask your smart speaker to play the latest news from Pod News Podcasting News, then I can see that that, which is a different RSS feed, is doing phenomenally well in terms of plays. So there's a bunch of really handy and useful information that you can see. And Android, you know, also 
there's a load of things from the Android Download Manager, which is the equivalent of Apple Core Media, but for Android. There's another set of things from something called Dalvik. And actually, if you delve a little bit deeper, you discover that there's a ton of apps which are doing really good numbers, but which haven't set their audio user agent properly. So uh, one example of that is TuneIn. Now, TuneIn is on loads of different surfaces, loads of different uh, apps. It's on TVs. It's in your car. It's on every single device out there. You know, TuneIn has done a really good job of getting their product into as many different places as possible, but they find it far harder to set the audio user agent. But I do know which RSS feed is being requested by TuneIn. So therefore, I can actually spot every single play that comes from TuneIn. And there are a lot of them. So if you use both RSS user agents and audio user agents to work out what's actually playing your stuff, then you get far more detailed information about that. And, it, and it's so funny. We, I look at this article and it's very early on when we started with Sounds Profitable, and you helped me so much with this. We had been focusing on trying to make sure we could properly talk about the Apple Watch and how to filter it out. And that's where we dug into Apple Core Media and all of that. And this was like such a cool breakthrough that I think that, heck, I feel like I could just resend this article and it would get way more buy-in now because we're like five times the size with Sounds <laughs> Profitable. But I don't think anybody actually implemented this at scale. I don't think any hosts have done that. And having checked out hosting platforms and seeing all that reporting, like there are absolutely hosts out there that are reporting that Apple podcast app as Apple Core Media, combining it yeah. and same with iTunes and same with all these values into one, which gets me a little bit worried, right? Because Spotify can only go up, right? If we can't see Spotify's plays mm -hmm. on the browser without doing this method, then it's only additive for Spotify. But Apple is likely on most of these major publishers out there, most of the ones that report the numbers on it. If they're not using this method, Apple's numbers are probably inflated, right? Yeah. I mean, Apple's numbers are inflated for a number of different reasons. One of them might be the Apple Core Media thing. Another one might be that Apple, of course, downloads podcasts uh, automatically and downloads them even if you never listen to them. And so if you do a straight A-B comparison between Apple Podcasts and, say, Spotify, Spotify will always be lower because Spotify, by default, streams a podcast to you. So if you're like me and you look at the New York Times daily feed every day and you go, that doesn't look interesting, I'm not going to have a listen to that, then from Apple Podcasts, it still counts as a download because I've already downloaded that piece of audio. With Spotify, or with Google Podcasts, by the way, because I haven't played it, it hasn't gone and downloaded the audio file. So yeah, I mean, I think that there's some really sort of interesting uh, things that come out of, of looking at the stats. One of the things that I'm very keen on doing is to make sure that there are no unknowns in my stats, because I reckon, you know, uh, if there's an unknown app in there, then, you know, I'm not doing my job properly in working out where my plays are coming from. Um, and I'm very upset to uh, see that I do have some unknowns at the moment. I have 2% of my downloads are currently unknown, which is 32 uh, <laughs> downloads in just one day. And this is on a, uh, and this is Sunday's data. So therefore it's not going to be particularly accurate in terms of the, the rest of the week. 
but yeah, you know, so I, I kind of look at all of this and go, there are great big gaping holes in some of the data that we're given from podcast hosts. And therefore, one would assume some of the data that ad tech companies are giving their clients because we're not necessarily using all of the information that we have available to us. And I think that that's, you know, a, a recurring theme of yours, uh, Brian, is, um, is that we're not using all of the data that we already have. There's one piece of data which I'm not using in here, which is the referral uh, information as well, the referral header, which can give you additional information too. Uh, I know that Buzzsprout uses that in terms of their uh, stats. I find it very interesting looking at Buzzsprout stats in comparison to some other podcast host stats and looking at them and going, well, I wonder why they're so different. And that's quite fascinating. And they're both, you know, they're IAB compliant along with all of the others. But, you know, they're clearly doing something that quite a few other people, uh, other people aren't to get some of the information there. Well, that's, I mean, the hard part here is that we're in an, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of mindset for a lot of the stuff on data, because the stuff that me and you are talking about it, that we're excited about the better representation and all that, it's not going to sell more ads today, Yeah, right? Knowing your accuracy on Apple podcasts versus Spotify isn't going to sell a campaign so there's not a lot of pressure to do it. I want to give a shout out to Buzzsprout because as we're recording this, because this is going to re release next week, finally caught up with me a little bit, <laughs> but we, uh, Buzzsprout is under a DDoS attack and uh, they're kicking butt on that end. But mm. they're a great example of a company that digs into the stuff that me and you like. They're like, well, this data is interesting. Let's display it as best as we can. And there's definitely no financial gain for them to do that other than they want to be accurate. So, you know, hats off to them because every time me and you come up with an idea and we dig into it, <laughs> we're kind of egging it towards them, hoping they implement it so we can see it at a little bit bigger scale. Yeah. And, and, they're, and they're also very good at, at implementing a lot of the podcasting 2.0 namespace stuff that Adam Curry and Dave Jones is working on. And, uh, and I think that they do see that as something that uh, will turn into cash for them. Because although they don't sell advertising, they don't have dynamic ad insertion or any form of dynamic audio insertion. What they do, uh, you know, obviously have is a bunch of users who all want the very best services and the very best stats and everything else. And I think, you know, it's, it's very clear when you look at different stats, and I've used a lot of different podcast hosts, but when you look at different podcast stats from different podcast hosts, and some of them accrediting Chrome as a player, which is just the laziest thing in the world. Um, you know, some of them are crediting Chrome as a player. Some of them are crediting Apple Core Media as its own separate thing. Some of them are crediting Android Download Manager or Dalvik. And you look at those and you go, no, those are not podcast players. And so one of the things that I, I felt very strongly about was, okay, let's see if I can do this better. But also, let's put all of this data out there and make all of that data open. So anyone can actually use that. And so there's data about individual user agents for audio, user agents for RSS, and also information about which podcast host is serving you this um, audio as well, which is really useful for things like spotting when people change podcast host, but also really useful for things like, you know, knowing whether this particular podcast host can offer dynamic ad insertion, whether this particular podcast host can offer, you know, X, Y, and Z. 
And that sort of information is also useful too. So I've made sure that all of this is free and open and available so that other people can actually use it. And I'm aware that there are a bunch of folk who are using this data as well, which is great. Yeah, that's been so fun because there's these ideas that I get to like dig into and me and you play off of each other pretty well on it. And then also, you know, you're an engineer of sorts in podcasting. And Mm. so, you know, I go to sleep and you're in Australia and I wake up the next morning and you're like, hey, you know that idea we talked about for 10 (laughs) minutes? Like I built it and we get to see what it looks like and we get to see the data. And you've been so great at making all this data available, like you said. And a lot of it's been in uh, the Open Podcast Analytics Work Group which the website opog, opawg.org just got a huge facelift. And we're going to spend a lot more time on that, I think, this year. Getting that data available, getting the data on pod news as an example, has been so killer so people can find the value and buy into it. And I think you're right. I mean, maybe all these things don't necessarily play into a paycheck through advertising today. But in the future, as hosting kind of becomes commoditized in different things, the hosts that put the most effort into the most accuracy, the most data that's available the, that are bought into that will be the ones that kind of shift their way to the top and that more people will take seriously and buy into and will learn more from it because we, we barely scratched the surface. There's so much we can learn from it. Your migration chart that you just released, God, I am so thankful that that is not a real-time thing. Because I absolutely would have that on a separate monitor as a love, ticker just to see. I would who, love to have that as a real time thing. I've been I've been trying to work out how I can get more up to uh, up to date information there. But I think you know on the other side, Brian, I, I think uh, um, making stuff as open as you can actually frees up time for you to focus on different things for your individual company. There's no point in I, I don't know how many podcast hosts there are now, but there's some somewhere like thirty or forty. There's no point 40 different people sitting down and keeping a list of podcast audio user agents up to date or RSS user agents up to date. That's crazy. It makes no sense whatsoever. So if we all use the same data there, contribute to that same data, but actually work on other features that uh, turn podcasting you know, turn the, the volume up on podcasting. Well, great. You know, that that's where we should be spending our time, not spending our time on the stuff that everybody else is doing. <laughs> that to me just makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. And that's, I mean, that's the truth of it. We're dealing with file retrieval. Like yeah. <laughs> podcast hosting is glorified file retrieval. Dropbox has done a great job with it. We are a variation of that to some degree with some different bells and whistles. And you're right, the openness of podcasting if we want to keep that mindset, if we want mm. to keep pushing against these closed ecosystems, then we got to buy into the whole thing. You can't yell and scream about how open is the way to go for podcasting and then not use or contribute to these open sources. It's it's pretty hypocritical. So I, I really hope more people take advantage of that this year. Yeah. And I mean, I think on the other side, um, the RSS user agent particularly can be used to make your product better in a number of other ways as well. So for example, if you know that your device is capable of playing the Opus audio codec, which is an awesome audio codec that will make everything sound great at much lower amounts of data, then you know that you can then serve a piece of audio to that device, which is in Opus. And hey, presto, you've made that podcast sound better, but you've also, as a podcast host, 
made your bandwidth bills lower. So why would you not do that? And in a similar way, if you're giving a podcast to someone in parts of Africa where the costs of data are astronomical, I mean, places like um, uh, South Africa in particular, you know, the cost of data is super, super high. So if you know that that person is on a cellular connection and a mobile phone in South Africa, instead of giving them a 192K you know, spiffingly wonderful stereo MP3 uh, file, give them a 32K AAC file in mono. It'll sound fantastic still, but it'll be far, far better for them. So I think there's a bunch of other things that we can be doing there, just alone from all of the stats stuff, of just making sure that we are doing a better job for everybody. And of course, a lot of that comes with, with people you know, just making sure that podcasters are cool with that because some podcasters may be deeply upset about that. But I would have thought that most podcasters would be keener to make sure that their show was available to as many people across this planet as we possibly can. Yeah, I think, but user agent is such a great one because it doesn't have anything unique about the listener, right? It's just how they're accessing it. Uh, You know, you keyed on like, um, depending if they're on cellular connection in Africa, on a specific type of device, I would kill for anybody to pay for the data to be able to tell if it's household, cellular, or business addresses from their IPs. Nobody has done it. Nobody is doing it right now. And it drives me insane. It's like a few grand a month for like the high-end platforms to do that. But if you just look at user agent, in that same example, Pod LP, which we wrote about for mm. India, right? Mm. You know that Pod LP's app has a specific user agent for when it is on the geophone, right? Which is in India. And you know that if you tailor it towards this device, which really doesn't have the processing power or the output to take advantage of high quality audio, Mm. you're going to get this file faster to them, which means a better user experience, which might mean they listen to that podcast a little bit more than the other ones. And you're not going to eat up their data plan. And so I think it's a very privacy-focused way to go about it. And you're right. There's so many things you can do with it. You, I think you gave me another example. At one point, you can send the, ri- the highest quality album uh, or the, like the podcast cover photo mm, mm. or the episode cover photo based on what the, the app is because you can know what their limitations are, what their expectations are, and you can really tailor this to the device requesting it. So. I think that, that that is a great way to emphasize how open podcasting is and how you can make a flexible service that meets everybody with the device and app and connection that they're coming in at and help them have the best experience for what they want. Absolutely right. And I think if we can be doing that more and just using the data which is already out there, then podcasting can continue to grow. Yeah, I super agree with that. Well, James, it was so great having you on here. You're obviously going to be back on a bunch more because we're going to come up with more crazy things to dig into, and then we're going to have to talk about it on here. But thank you so much for being on here. Everybody, you can check out James Cridlin on podnews.net, which hopefully you have found me from there. And if you are not already subscribed, check it out at podnews.net. There's Podnews Podcasting News, which is a podcast that you can check out every day of the week. And then James is also co-host of Podland News, which is awesome, which I think he talks just a little bit less than he does on here with Sam Sethi. Uh, And I think (laughs) truthfully, James, uh, the lack of conferences in this past year has been a detriment to the space because you have so many cool ideas to share. 
And I'm so happy to have you on the show. Well, it's great to be here. And you're, you're a very polite man. So thank you very much. And stick around for some special bonus content at the end of the episode. I've teamed up with Evo Terra to give you a minute long strategic thought that is guaranteed to shift your perspective on the present and future of podcasting as we all work to make podcasting better. Thanks for listening to Sounds Profitable on your favorite podcast app. I appreciate you checking out my latest episode and hope you'll consider subscribing. Thanks to James Cridlin for coming on to help expand on my article, you're incorrectly identifying up to 50% of your user agents. If you like what you heard and want to connect, you can find me, Brian Barletta, on LinkedIn, way less formally on Twitter as High 5 RPG. And of course, you can email me, brian at soundsprofitable.com. The Sounds Profitable podcast and all cool ad tech bells and whistles you've experienced were thanks to our host and sponsor, Wooshka. Everything you've heard since the conversation ended was uniquely created to target you using their dynamic ad insertion features. If any of the callouts were wrong, let us know. Depending on how you're listening, there were over 10 opportunities to hear dynamically inserted content and ads in this episode. While we continue to tweak and innovate our setup, some of the breaks may be more noticeable than others. Thank you for bearing with us and please send over your feedback for it. The Sounds Profitable podcast would not be possible without the help and support of Evo Terra, James Cridlin, Ian Powell, and Sam Mars. Thank you all for your help and support.